We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And with Fantastic Beast, The Secret of Dumbledore. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, crafting its way into theaters, we decided to take a look at a, another crafty little movie that burrowed its way into our hearts. That's right, mm. the 1990 movie Tremors. Tremors starring Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, I mean, just so well connected. Yes, for a, a retro movie podcast, we surprisingly don't have enough Kevin Bacon movies that we reviewed. No, we did Flatliners. Um... In this, mm, in I this, think. Wow. Yeah. So we gotta get Footloose in here. We gotta get and the, the rest. rest. I mean, he's done so many. <laughs> it's just it's one of those things where like it's such a huge pool to draw from. You you have like decision paralysis when Absolutely. you gotta think about it. But uh, I'm excited to review this movie. I had not seen it previous to uh, recording it, and uh, I do know. I'll just say this right off the top, Ricky. Hop right, right. into it. Uh, that Kevin Bacon said this was the most fun he had shooting a movie ever. Yes. So and, that's high praise. It shows. Because he did Footloose. And that's including Footloose. <laughs> he had to pick up his Sunday shoes. And this is the one where he let it all loose. So uh, if you aren't familiar with uh, Tremors, it is a horror comedy, which... Uh, few movies do it as well as Trevor's. Uh, but the premise is natives of a small isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures, which are killing them one by one. Uh, the concept originally uh, was conceived in the early 80s when writer S.S. Wilson, whose last appearance on the podcast was when we reviewed Wild Wild West. Oh, dang. Yeah, he and Brent Maddock were working in the U.S. Navy as filmmakers making educational safety videos. So in one location, they had to climb a large desert boulder and ask the question, what if there was something that wouldn't let us off this rock, as you do as mm. educational safety documentarians? Uh, and so that inspired them to start brainstorming ideas for a monster movie that was going to be called Land Sharks. Really? That, that was the original title for the movie. Like the SNL sketch? It Yes. It was absolutely that idea. Uh, but uh, but then they talked to uh, someone, uh, Ron Underwood, who was working with National Geographic as a documentary director to help legitimize the, what the land shark creatures would realistically exist. Uh, and so after Short Circuit, uh, a script that they had written you know, did a, a great turnabout at the box office. Hmm. Uh, they immediately started selling and pitching around, or they immediately started pitching around the Landshark script, but because of the SNL sketch, they changed it <laughs> to Tremors. Man, now I just really want to see this with the SNL character of oh, Landshark. Yeah. Candy oh. Graham. Because, I mean, I'm telling you, there are so many... <laughs> So many ties, because like, because the the grabinoids, as they are called, yeah. are really they're smart, they're really clever, they are, and yeah. they they did almost everything short of, uh, to, uh, Miss Miss Johnson, Mrs. Knock, Johnson, knock, knock. <laughs> uh, and that's so. This, this, this pair. <laughs> 
Uh, and so, yeah, the movie uh, was released uh, and it was an interesting movie. I mean, uh, they got the one of the uh, people who worked on Terminator Judgment Day, not Judgment Day, uh, the original Terminator movie, uh, to be a part of the production. And there were a lot of hopes for this movie. Uh, and with a budget of $10 million, it went on to make $16 million. And I believe Kevin Bacon goes on to say it made a fifth of what Universal was expecting it to make. So it didn't do as well. And uh, yet, and yet... Yeah, here's the thing. It didn't do well in the box office, but okay. it was like the number one, like, rented VHS of 1990. Mm. It developed a massive cult, cult calling, cult following, <laughs> um, to the tune of creating its own franchise. That's right, everyone, saddle up because it's time to read the titles of oh, this movie's it. franchise. Great. We have. Tremors 2, colon, Aftershock. Tremors 3, colon, Back to Perfection, the mm. town you see. Mm. Tremors 4, The Legend Begins. How can it begin yeah. in 4? Great place to start. Then it had a TV series that lasted for one season in 2003 called Tremors, colon, The Series. Then it got immediately canceled. Then they did Tremors 5, colon, Bloodlines. Tremors 6, colon, A Cold Day in Hell. And Tremors 7, colon, Shrieker Island, which came out in 2020. Oh, there's seven of them? I got a six-movie collection. How many well, are in yours? Six. But that's because that was released before they decided to make yet another one. Oh. So I now see. we need to get the seven edition. But I bought mine on iTunes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and now, do the do the TV series connect to the movies? Do you know? Is it is it like Marvel where I really got to get invested? Because Kevin Bacon came back for one yeah. of the TV show reboots. Yes, as yeah, it, Valentine. Yeah, there in that one, I think they only tested did like a screen test. I don't even think that got fully produced as a, okay. a whole series. Because uh, it's but, Val and Earl again. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, from my understanding the series. A lot of Tremor fans say is better than like the latter movies. They say skip six or skip five and six. Just watch the series is what I uh, was reading on the message boards. Uh, that this movie has uh, a lot of love, a lot of care uh, that was put into it, and it made it to laser discs. So I think mm. the time really was planning on this movie to have some staying power, uh, and I think that they were correct. I love the idea that you are just scanning the Tremors Reddit boards. <laughs> oh, Page yeah. Boards. Oh, yeah. Uh, the boards have pages. Old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh -oh. I, I was surprised because I'd always heard of Tremors, and, and yeah. I was correct on my assumption of what this movie was about. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea how, uh, like, how much of a consistent through line there was. Like, some of the actors, especially, uh, I believe it was Michael Gross, right? Mm -hmm. um, from Family Ties fame. Really, yeah. like, this was his franchise that he continued on with and kind of played a couple different characters. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, no, no idea at all how big this truly was. Just like the character's assumption of <laughs> the Graboids in the film.
That's right. And so when I was watching the credits, because this is also my first time watching this movie, I saw Reba McIntyre was in the movie. It's her first it, film. It was not until like well into the movie, like I dare say an hour into the movie where I realized, wait, that's Reba McIntyre. AJ Ferguson. <laughs> it uh, was, yeah. She did such an incredible job. And Ariana Richards. Yeah, Ariana Richards, yeah. From Jurassic she Park. Certainly has a type. Man, clever, clever girl, clever girl, <laughs> evading clever girls. I man, yeah, this movie was so much fun. And here's the thing: so horror comedies can typically go in one direction or another. Sometimes it is more a comedy with horror moments, um, or a horror movie with comedic moments. Mm. I feel like this movie was just equally both. Yeah, um, that's true. It it was it was so funny when it needed to be funny, but it didn't take a uh it didn't take away from any of the stakes that were real because I was thinking when I watched this movie, it's like, oh, it's kind of like land sharks. Just like if a shark were on land and could get you anywhere, like what would happen? But legitimately I was kind of terrified at several moments in this movie. It's like Oh, there's no escaping this thing. This this thing like bury the Winnebago. Like mm-hmm. I don't think I would have a chance in this situation. So I mean it was it was really, really fun to watch. Yeah, they're strategic, they're smart. I I love a smart monster. Like oh, I yeah. really do. And this um yeah, it, it's interesting because it's kind of a blend of two classic genres. Uh, that we've read about in like Save the Cat and Blake oh, yeah. Snyder stuff, where it's like monster in the house is the predominant genre here. But more so than like a buddy comedy, this is really like a buddy horror comedy uh, yes. of Val and Earl. And that relationship drives so much of what's happening here. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Way more dynamic than I expected. Way Absolutely. more dynamic, way more hard. You actually like felt the loss with the kills but also there weren't that many kills like it wasn't just a gratuitous last person yeah. standing type type deal like there's a chance for group victory yeah i mean with a population of 14 you kind of yeah. have to say all right we, we can't lose the entire cast here okay yeah it uh, makes sense that tremors 3 is back to perfection because i kept seeing on the imd pages for these actors that they were like not in Tremors two, but they were in Tremors three. It's like, oh, okay, they went back to the town yeah. where they all live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's such a it's such a fun movie because I I love being able to look back at these pre CGI computer graphic created monsters and seeing like the quality and care they took to make these monsters. Yeah. And like they they really teased out just even showing the creature. In fact, the original premise for the movie was to have it be shot in such a way where people thought there was a serial killer. Yeah, which um, you kind of get with the first guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, or the second or whatever. If you don't count old Fred, but like the uh, the guy whose head they find, where he's kind of right. like buried. Yeah, it's yes. got like a serial killer vibe to it. Yeah, they they added a scene where Rhonda didn't know that she was being stalked by the Grabinoid and a couple other scenes uh, just so that they could market it as a monster movie. Uh, But originally, they were going to wait until, like, you actually saw the monster to reveal that it was a monster movie. Interesting. That was the original plan. Yeah, because it, um, 
It's also kind of breaks convention in the fact that it is almost exclusively in daylight. Right? Yes. Just broad daylight, not really hiding anything. There were only two right. interior sets, which I love the effect of the way that the the ground raises for the exteriors. But when they have those two exter- interior sets, uh, the way the slats move, I thought was so satisfying. Oh, yeah. Uh, and other than that, it's an exterior daytime shoot. And they like they built and destroyed so many buildings. Like when that roof caved in, I'm just like, they 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 just caved, they caved in that roof. Like yeah. we aren't just getting like a like a <laughs> a simulator of like a building being no. They're like they're caving that roof, and these people are literally falling through. It's like, oh well, these humans are in danger <laughs> in real time, and no one is safe. Yeah, that's no, true. Yeah. But the uh, the abilities that they stack on the monster, I think, are excellent. Uh, you know, the seismic feel, which yeah. generates the need to be like up off the ground. It's great. Kind of like the whole floor is lava type dynamic yes. of rock to rock. And but I love that it's balanced because you can tell that the monster is coming when they can smell and they don't really describe the smell. You just know mm-hmm. it smells bad. I imagine that it's kind of a like a sulfur type smell. Yeah. Um, and they make a comment that the alive ones smell even worse than the dead ones, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of this, this rotting. And I'm I'm curious to know how much of the monster lore of like origins and evolution they dig into in future Tremors right. properties. Which for those that have watched the full franchise, then uh, I mean, you know the the fact that it says. Was it back to hell? Something straight out of hell. Good day. Cold to, day in hell. Cold day in hell. I don't. Maybe these things end up being like, you know, little demon monsters or something. I don't know. But uh, I just that balance of you can see them coming and mm-hmm. smell them coming, but they can hear you coming. I just I love like all of those different sensory clues um, that just raise the the tension and the suspense. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's fun to watch a movie like this where there are so many collaborative like escape plans because in a lot of horror movies, it's just like, oh, no, let's separate or run away by ourselves or do these things that no one would really uh, or you you would actually you perceive that no one would do logically. Yeah. But it was cool to see them figure out and still get some victories. Um, throughout the movie but still anyone could have gone mm-hmm. like i i didn't i i wasn't convinced that kevin bacon was going to make it through the rest of the movie i really uh, thought earl <laughs> was done for to be honest oh man yeah. yeah i thought several people were gone uh but they kept making this movie just so interesting and so dynamic while uh kind of turning the the monster movie genre on its head and i li- really like that yeah or on its seven heads there it is. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because at first when the when the little tentacles grabbed out, I was like, oh, that's not too scary. And they're just <laughs> kind of like they look, they look like when the you know the alien the alien first pops out, like it's yeah. like tiny little head. And they're like, oh no, that's not its final form. That's right. a big scary monster, big mm-hmm. old scary monster. And at first I was like, man, whoever designed that poster really went above and beyond on the marketing because uh, to take those little tiny heads and make it that it was like, oh no, it is that, it is that. Got it. All right. Absolutely. Uh, So fun fact, um, one of the because, you know, they they did like the whole zoological exploration of like what the uh, like into 
creating the actual legitimacy of the monster like a lot yeah, of the, being able to like what they would need on the sides right. to actually move through dirt yeah i appreciate that yeah well i mean that comes partly because they did talk to ron underwood who um uh, used his duology knowledge to better develop what these monsters are uh, and they actually do and i don't know if this is like later in the series but they actually have like a like uh zoological term for the land oh, sharks like a latin the, term yeah oh, and okay. uh i think that officially they're called head cannon <laughs> you have never pl- gotten me more on that <laughs> i believed it 100 percent. those meisner classes are really paying off thank you that though that's because that is real they do have a name i just don't have it written down on wow notes. the truth uh, <laughs> The best lies uh, <laughs> have mostly truth to them. Headcanon is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. So my headcanon, there, it's not as interesting as the headcanon that exists. I just have to put that out there. Okay. A lot of people have put a lot of time and effort into uh, convincing uh, the internet that uh, Footloose, Tremors, Beetlejuice and Dune all exist in the yeah. same universe. Which we should say, originally we were going to review this for Dune. That yeah. time came and went. We yep. were on yep. hiatus, yep. all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we were like, what a fantastic beast. <laughs> I feel like Footloose would be real rough in this because they'd be dancing and, and yeah. kicking off shoes and stuff and i mean a lot of tremors generated from that maybe that's why the town doesn't allow the dancing oh my goodness oh that's solid. how did they connect i get to, oh beetlejuice because of the the sand sandworm. snakes and the yeah. sandworms yeah oh yeah so that's the internet i'm not taking credit for that i'm just yeah, saying yeah. bravo to you but my headcanon is that the grabinoids as they are affectionately called here um they are not part of those other universes. They're part of a different movie universe because if you mm. think about how these you know worms move about, they hunt. Yeah. Um. They use a lot of uh. Just basically their instinct and nature to find prey, and they're learning okay. and they're discovering. It's almost like they're some kind of predator. Oh. I think that grabinoids are actually predator um like they're from the predator planet are they like right? larva or so he, here's how i how deep i went to my head cannon my theory is that on the predator planet these are essentially groundhogs um <laughs> or <laughs> uh just bring b- very... property yep. <laughs> uh but, but they're just like they're pesky pets but they are very uh vicious Mm -hmm. and so the way that the predators kind of became known as like the predators that they are is because they started hunting and training against these highly intelligent grabinoids that they actually ended up using as training um monsters more or less of just like well if you can hunt and grab a grabinoid or if you can effectively evade a grabinoid that's all the training you need that's why the predators are so good with hunting above like they're constantly in trees 
they're constantly like looking at people and trying to find oh, them. It's a predator's predator. It's a predator's predator. Oh wow! And wow. why? And why their technology doesn't work under mud really? Because they they do heat seeking stuff. Because like they they've done everything they could they can to like avoid mm-hmm. the grabinoids. Um, because there's just like, well, we can't have a effective fight with them underground so we'll just try to stay off the ground as much as we can and so that's my headcanon i love that i buy it all day long six movies plus one (laughs) and a short-lived tv series yeah and a video game um yeah uh my headcanon was that this is a, a little shop of horrors situation Oh, yeah. um, because in Little Shop, which I will affectionately refer to it as, in Little Shop, mm-hmm. uh, the aliens you know, come down and like strike a plant, and it's it's unclear whether or not, at least it's unclear to me, uh, whether or not they look like plants as aliens, mm. or if the alien consciousness went into a plant and then morphed it from there. So... I think the latter, that they came down mm-hmm. and they took the form of some organic life form and then evolved that life form. So if the mm. same aliens were to touch down in the desert and like hit a snake or a worm or whatever, right. they would continue to evolve and they would feed and grow bigger just like the creatures in Tremors. Um, so I think that this is an Audrey 2 situation and they landed in the desert. They adapted to the soil. And so similar to how in Little Shop he feeds off blood and and eventually is like eating entire people, uh, which in some versions of Little Shop, like the people are still existing inside the monster um, and you can like cut them loose and all that kind of stuff. I my headcanon is that each one of the little tentacle heads is actually a person that has been ingested and then converted into another tentacle head. Um, So like their consciousness still exists, but in this rabid altered way from being consumed by the prime monster. Um, So that's my, yeah, it's absorbing the DNA. So that's my, my head cannon. That I don't like that at all. I mean, I like the head cannon, (laughs) but that's, that's terrifying. Concept really unsettling. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, that would be awful just to see like those little people's heads turn into little puppets. Oh man, that oh yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's solid. Solid head cannon. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk to you about recast and remakes. Recast. Remakes. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? After seeing Tremors, I'm 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 not convinced Nope by Jordan Peele isn't. A Tremors oh, reboot. I'm very excited uh, about that. Just based off of yeah. what I've seen so far, they're in the desert, they're in daylight, and I think it just might be that. So I, I just, it might already be in the works. Uh, but as far as the casting goes, uh, if Jordan Peele isn't making that movie, I'd love Keenan Peele, Amy Poehler, Taylor Swift, Bill Hader, and Lamorne Morris. Oh, nice. That's That's my cast. Uh, anyone can be anyone. That's uh, I just saw that because Reba really made me think about Amy Poehler so much just <laughs> because of, of Amy Poehler's character and Baby Mama. Uh, she kind of has like a southern accent, and I was just like, 
Wait, because again, like I kept on forgetting it was Reba McIntyre. I was just like, oh, Amy Poehler. She looks like Amy Poehler. Yeah. So that's where she comes from. I think this would be a great reboot for Lindsay Lohan's career. I don't know oh, why, but just yeah. when you said Amy Poehler with a Southern accent, I was like, ah, I, Lindsay Lohan could pull that off. Yeah, um, I, that might be the for the first time we've ever pulled. Wait, did we have a we had a Lohan lowdown before? That's right. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Um, I love that cast. I think, especially with your headcanon, a predator pulling in Kegel Michael Key. Key, Key Keegan Michael Key, oh, uh, makes a lot of sense because uh, he was in the most recent Predator. I don't know right. how his character fared because I did not see it, but mm-hmm. um, you could do some kind of crossover possibly in erstwhile. Oh, yeah. um, so I take I take all your casting. My remake, one simple premise for this remake, it's the exact same movie, but every one of the rock paper scissors scenes goes the other way <laughs> yes yeah wow the other character wins so so do a bandersnatch yeah but with bandersnatch like what only, if whatever it is the only key points is if rock paper wow that's great mm-hmm. i oh that's really good i love that so much because as a writer you had to imagine they were like oh man what if this goes the other way i mean they just use it as a plot device really so that the characters don't have to like overly fight or explain why they got to do right. a thing just like keep the action movie rock paper scissors which i really appreciate yep. but it did make me wonder what if the other guy had one? <laughs> oh man i really really love that idea oh man i just I, oh, okay and yeah, another version movie... where they don't pardon his french <laughs> <laughs> i man i i i just would love to see just the very subtle things that would go differently of like, well, what happened if they did take the uh, fifteen dollar offer for the for the little tentacles? Like, what if they got fifty? Like, what? Yeah. How would that change things? What if they left earlier? But yeah, that would be really great. Infinite universes, infinite possibilities. All right, now we're going to go to the part of the show where we have to give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend Tremors? I recommend the nineteen ninety Tremors because. Uh, it is a monster movie, but it is very much a comedy as well. And they have fun with it. It warms my heart to know that Kevin Bacon had so much fun making it because it seems like the actors were actually having a good time doing this. And the fact that Michael Gross came back for so many of these movies and a lot of the actors came back for the third one. Like if it made sense for them to be in perfection, um, they came back three movies deep into a monster movie franchise. That is so rare um so i think the the i won't say logic but like rules that they set up for this are fun um constructed in a fun way it feels almost like a very you know like doable movie you know what i mean like oh yeah the fact that it had two interior shots uh mostly on the outside like exterior kind of deal pretty limited cast but it allowed them to really focus on the look of the monster and, and some of the practical effects like the goo is classic monster movie goo, but it works like it just were that bright orange kind of blood look. Um, so it's fun. It's campy in the right ways. Um, yes. And that is such a delicate balance. And yeah, it was, uh, 
not Scott Derrickson, but um, his writing partner for, you know who I'm talking about? It's, um, is it uh, OSS? They did the, yeah, it's got, man, I love this guy. S.S. Wilson? No, not S.S. Wilson, but uh, they did the first Doctor Strange movie. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, he is a, a writing coach in a lot of ways, and he is, you know, credited by really being an expert on uh, the horror film genre. So he had a really great point that I think we've brought up in the past. Um C. Robert Cargill. Yes, I was stalling to Google. Um, C. <laughs> Robert Cargill um, it, it has said in the past that horror films are so great to write because even if it's bad, uh, it ages to become good or it ages to become not just good, but like fun. Uh, if mm. it's good, it ages to become um, kind of like a a cult classic. And if it, if it was a good horror film when it was released... It is just like a genuine all-time classic. So uh, I totally butchered that. But the point is <laughs> that in the horror genre, you have so much leeway to just have mm. fun because even at its worst, it could become something in the future and, and age well with nostalgia. So, I, and I think this movie, you know, it didn't do super well in box office, but like you said, the the rentals were there and they kept making them um, seven deep into this. So if you have not seen Tremors, see where it all started. Um, oh, maybe the fourth one's an origin story. Oh, that makes Oh, they could go back. Yeah, I don't know. But now that we own them, I definitely <laughs> want to watch them and find out more about this world. And if nothing else, it's like watching a, a video game, right? Like they are yeah. hopping from rock to rock. They're figuring it out with the resources that they have. It's clever uh, and consistent, at least within this film. Uh, and it's just a fun time. So if you have not seen Tremors, I recommend Tremors. Yeah, I would recommend Tremors because it is a surprisingly good time. I know a lot of people, especially when it comes to horror movies, don't like horror movies because of a lot of the gratuitous violence and the gore. But this, in true monster movie form, the story's not based around, like, how bizarrely can this monster murder people? But it's just about the suspense and the kind of terror that exists around what happens when the monster does attack mm -hmm. which is something that i uh just really greatly appreciated because like i was terrified just on the concept of oh i could just be walking in my normal everyday life and uh a land shark could come and eat me yeah it uh, is like a mix terrifying. of jaws in a quiet place like it, it's yes. the middle of that Oof. venn diagram absolutely fin so, diagram fin oh man let's make the merch uh i really do appreciate um all of the actual care that was that went into this movie because it didn't have to be as solid as it was uh because like you know I, i've seen sci-fi channel movies that have this same concept but just not nearly as much uh heart uh, or even care because I it felt like you know this was a fun movie to watch and that you would watch and want to rewatch with your friends and with as many people as you can and so that's why I recommend it because it uh much like the Grabinoids after you watch this movie um the movie gets smarter 
and better in your heart. I was trying to say the thing you said about mm. uh, aging well, but my words didn't get there. Uh, no, so what Grayson said, the end. Finn That's diagram. my <laughs> Finn diagram. And that is our review of the 1990 movie Tremors. Let us know what you remember about Tremors on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. And it would mean so much to us. Like $15 uh, for uh, a severed grabinoid uh, tongue. It would mean that much to us. Uh, if you could leave us a rating or review on your podcasting platform of choice, uh, on a scale of, you know, what, what, I forget what the measure was. I was going to say on the... on the, like the Richter scale? The... On the Richter scale. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you rate it? Uh, on the, yeah. But like on the Andy Richter scale, like <laughs> like five Andy Richters, like in Arrested five. Development. That's the best. Yeah, that is. That is. Uh, or on a scale of one to five uh, grabinoid tongues, mm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like five. I mean, Super it's scary. it's terrifying, Get but it's gonna it, it'll grip you. Oh, right? yeah. it'll yeah. They should have been Captivate. called grippinoids. Yeah. <laughs> and be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. With the unbearable weight of massive talent just crashing its way into theaters, uh, we thought it would only be fitting uh, to take Nicolas Cage's face off. Whoa. In the next seven movie, Face Off. Oh, I thought we were taking it off with like a flaming skull and a motorcycle, oh. but no, you're... John Travolta, Nick Cage, face off. Face off. Oh. Because, I mean, when you have the unbearable weight of massive talent, you put your face on someone else and you just take a vacation. Mm. Mm. You just go grocery shopping. Oh, you can be anyone. You got their face. Oh, off. What? I, day off with your face off. That's what all my pillows say. Oh, yeah. Day day off with your face off. Day off with your face off. Are your are your pillows made of flesh? They are. They're not comfortable. Ooh. No. Ooh. But they all look like Nick Cage. I have a thread count of one. <laughs> <laughs>